Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio on the CBS and Play It Network. I'm excited today because we have Tom Dowd. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Who is Tom Dowd? Well, he is also known as Transformation Tom, known as a recovering cynic. And uh, that's, that'll be an interesting thing to talk about. You'll find out because he, had an, he has an interesting story, one that most of us wouldn't enjoy. But he's not only recovered, he's flourished, and he's going to share with us many ideas today. Uh, actually, I'm excited because he's got a top 10 list. I love lists. And he's going to share with us the top 10 practical ways for all of us to take accountability for our own careers and development and satisfaction. Now, that intrigues me. He is an author, the author of the book, The Transformation of a Doubting Thomas. I get it. That's a pun, Thomas, and his name is Tom. So we'll find out more about that. But more importantly, it's one thing to wake up and go to work, and it's another day to be uh, another idea to be culturally integrated into your work because you personally take a stake in it. You, you, you basically you self. What's the word I'm looking for? Probably the best word is you. You, you self engage. That's the word Tom uses. I think that's a great word. Why wait for the company to do it? Let's do it ourselves. We've got Tom Dowd on the show. Welcome, Tom. To Amazing Business Radio. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, there's a lot for us to cover. Uh, so the first thing I want to know is, you call yourself a recovering cynic, and uh, tell me what that's about. Well, I- I've heard the term recovering in the present tense, not recovered, used before with alcoholics, and because they're constantly fighting through their battles of recovery and never stopping. Uh, because it can easily turn in the wrong direction. Well, I, I would never categorize being a cynic in the same way as an addiction to alcohol, but I would say that being a, a pessimist, a, definitely a cynic, a complainer at the workplace, uh, builds this immune system that we don't even realize we're doing it. Yeah, everything's a complaint. You, you, you're around people that are they're like Eeyore. Remember Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's going to be a lousy day today. I mean, th- th- there are people that while they don't actually say it, every time you're around them, it's like, you know, they're just so negative. It drives me crazy. Oh, and it feeds. It's that, that cancer that just feeds off of it. And it's the same thing with with being positive. Well, I had been surrounded myself with a bunch of complainers, and I learned to complain. And, and part of it was I didn't know where I fit in the company. You know, so professionally, I was in the right place at the wrong time on a couple of occasions where I was promoted, but I wasn't ready, whether it was timing, whether I was immature. Um, I didn't know how I wanted to evolve professionally. So that unknown caused this place of uncertainty, and it caused me to struggle in some places. And uh, you know, so there I am complaining or, or internally complaining to myself, blaming the bosses. Uh, there was perceived nepotism in my head. Um, there was backstabbing with peers. I wasn't building a relationship. And I turned all of this into an art form, by the way. Wow, it sounds um, like but, a, a rather toxic situation, but <laughs> self-induced. Yeah, with excuses. I had natural-based excuses. 
So if something didn't go right, it was never my fault, never my problem. Never is, right? <laughs> never, never was. <laughs> so, you know, there's this, old, there's this old phrase that is enthusiasm is contagious. And a friend of mine, Danny Cox, said, that may be true, but if what you have is not enthusiasm, that is also contagious. And I believe that one bad apple might not spoil the whole bunch, but it can spoil a whole lot of the bunch. And when you're working with people who are negative, they're uh, really they're, they're draining on the energy simply because of their negative energy. Uh, it, it affects everybody around you. So you were pretty cynical. It sounds like you were down in the dumps. You were, you were playing the blame game. Never your fault. Always someone else's, right? Absolutely. And then, and that was 25 years ago. And it took me 20 years to figure out that I was in the wrong place at the wrong, or right place at the wrong time on a couple of different occasions during that roller coaster. But I, I came to the self awareness. I be, learned to become self engaged when my company went from 28,000 to almost 300,000 after we were acquired. Um, so that, that, that was that's, an aha em, that's employees, not. Um... Not dollars, I am assuming. That's correct. That's <laughs> okay, good, because that's, well, that's a small company. 28000 yeah, we'll talk about um, yeah. some of those strategies, but, but I wanted to toss out there that you know, that was growing cynicism over 20-plus years, but now look at today's environment. You know, we're in a do-more-with-less mentality. We're in the it's a lot harder to get promoted and grow in today's day and age, and so you so it's, on, it's only enhanced in some situations where you can either battle your peer for the, that one position or you can start working with them and have make every effort to have everyone win. Right. By the way, I just want to make, make a mention to our listeners that you just mentioned it took 20 years to figure this out. I've got good news. In about a half an hour, we're going to show them how to figure it out. They don't need to wait 20 years, do they, Tom? <laughs> and no, I don't know if we'll get it done in a half an hour. And the other thing is, as people are listening, I know that we get everybody from entrepreneurs, even solo entrepreneurs, all the way up to C-level people in larger companies. And I believe that, that there are days that we get up that we need to self-motivate, not self-medicate, but self-motivate, self-engage. Something might not have gone well the day before. You shouldn't carry it over to the next day. I have this philosophy that bad days last one day. That's why they call it a bad day, not a bad month, not a bad year. It's a bad day. So we get up the next day and we stand up and we say, okay, it's time to go. And maybe it's a command performance we put on. Maybe we have to act a little bit. But you know something? The more you get into it and the more you self-engage, the more you're self-aware and the more you put yourself out there in a positive way, it starts to come back. And I tell you on that bad day is don't forget it. Just reflect on it and learn from it and then move on. Yeah, and I don't it, it think there's be been there's been one truly bad day in my life where every single thing that happened that day was bad. There has to be some good. And I think if you have that attitude where you can find something good, I mean, I could think of, you know, dark days. Somebody very, very close dies and we're at the funeral. What could be worse than that? Well, maybe it was reconnecting with a family member that I hadn't seen in three years that showed up for the funeral, that showed enough care and concern, came by, gave me a hug. And guess what? A new relationship started or was renewed as a result of that. You know, and it was a bad day. It was a terribly bad day. Now, that's on a personal level. Things happen in business. And you know what? In business, it's business. So we can, you know, take it personally. Sure, I would take a personal stake in that. Take accountability, absolutely. But you know what? We move forward. We figure out how to work things out. We got people to support us, to help us, and make it right. 
Well, and there's there's part of this conversation as we talk about attitude, and, and you can have some cynical listeners right now saying, "Oh, he's telling us to have a positive attitude." Well, that's a part. That's part of it. But the piece I would emphasize is that's that's just one piece. The other is taking action. Let's use your funeral example. It's at the personal level, but you you made a choice to go understanding it was going to be a bad day but you and then you took the steps to reach out to that person you took steps to re-engage in a relationship it's about actions and those actions lead you down the right path you know the the theme of this program is self-engagement you can sit on the sidelines with this bad attitude or even sit on the sidelines with a positive attitude nothing happens while you're sitting on the sidelines it's about taking the action. Uh, so that's the point. No matter how good your attitude is, if you're just sitting on the sidelines smiling with positive thoughts, that's not good enough. <laughs> so there was an aha moment for you uh, when you decided, you know what, it's time to become more engaged. Tell me about that. Yeah, and I think it's, uh, I mentioned it that our 28,000 person organization uh, was swallowed up by an almost 300,000 person organization. And that can be seen as one of the large catalysts, but I say only one of. Um, the advice I give to people is it's typically not one event or one moment that drives your aha moment or drives the change. You know, it might be an accident, it might be a death. I mean, we hear those things that change people. But when we're talking about the professional world, for the most part, it's those things that are leading up. That Those events are typically the straw that breaks the camel's back. And, and as you know, in the customer service business, you know, one event can spoil someone's reputation. However, a series of constant events you know, may also sour them, but a, a series of positive events wins you over. And, and I averaged over the 25 years I've been in the professional world, I've averaged 18 months of position um, for 25 years. And this proved my flexibility. But in the early parts of my career, there were times where I wasn't sure I was averaging that short period of time because people really wanted me or people really wanted me out. And, and that was an eye-opener for me. And there's this great book out there. It's called um, The First 90 Days, Critical Strategies to New Leaders. It was written by Michael Watkins in, I think it was 2003. Uh, if you do nothing more in reading that that book, they do have, they have a top ten as well. I'm a big fan of the top ten, and one of the top tens was to look for small wins. And after I read that book, I started to focus more on these little wins, and I realized that I was surrounded by them. I'm sure we'll we'll talk about some success strategies later, but the simplicity of finding a mentor, uh, starting to become a mentor for others starting to do more networking, learning how to maneuver through the complexity of a very large organization after being acquired, you know, all of these things started to feed off of each other, and success leads to more success. And uh, you know, sometimes these negative events push us to make decisions and take actions that will make us better and make us stronger. I lost my job, and uh, I affectionately call it D-Day, June 6, 2013, my full-time job after being with the same company for 20-plus years, and realized that that was the greatest professional day of my career because it forced me to think about things I didn't want to force myself into. And, and there I was, and I landed in a better place. 
And part of it was because of this aha moment of we were acquired. I have to build a strong network. I have to find, you know, I have to become better professionally. And, and so ultimately to your question on the aha moment is make it a series of small wins to be your aha moment and don't wait for some catastrophic event to happen. And, you know, I believe that if you are constantly getting those little wins, you're positioning yourself to when you need that aha moment, you've got something to play off of. Now, the other thing you mentioned was the networking, and I know that's part of your your top ten list, and I don't want to get into that just yet. I want to, I want to spend the second half of our show focused on the top ten list. I want to get some background because I think uh, important. Number one, you were with a company for many, many years, and then next thing you know, you're out of a job. And we don't need to go into the reasons you were out of the job. Uh, I mean, you're welcome to share if you want, but that's not really what this is about. At that moment, you didn't have a job, and you were forced to do things, think about things that you didn't, not just didn't want to, but you probably didn't think you were going to have to, which I think is another big thing. I'm not saying you should prepare for the worst, but I think you're, you need to, to I, I guess what, what uh, Harvey McKay, who's one of my favorite authors, he wrote the book Swim with the Sharks Without Being Eaten Alive. He also, mm. also wrote a book called uh, Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty, meaning Make sure you have a network in place because one day you're going to need somebody in that network or on, you know, and you need to know how you can pick up the phone and be on the phone with them in just a matter of moments. And how do you do that? You create small wins along the way all the time, consistently. People respect you, admire you. You're a winner. And regardless of what happens, when you need somebody, you can pick up the phone and they're there for you. I, I don't know. Maybe that's the angle you're going to take. Maybe not. But that's what I'm getting out of this. Well, Keith Ferrazzi has a great book out there. He, he's one of the kings of networking in his book, Never Eat Alone. Uh, one of the chapters is dedicated to build it before you need it. And I had actually, I was in the midst of reading that when I lost my job. <laughs> wow. And so had but, you had a chance to act on any of his ideas? Probably I had been not. acting on it when we were, when the company was acquired five years earlier because okay. I had a manager who forced networking on me. And so here's, a, you, know, you talk about these small wins. I lost my job due to cost cuts and, and shame on me for getting my project done 18 months early. Um, but I asked one question. And I think if you were to ask me the day before, you're going to lose your job tomorrow, how are you going to react? I'd probably say I'm going to punch a wall. But in reality, I had been prepared for this moment inadvertently, and I asked a very straightforward question of the person who announced it to me. I said, did this have anything to do with performance? And they said, absolutely not. You're one of the top performers. It has to, everything to do with cost cuts. And from that point forward, it became this, this clear vision for me of it had nothing to do with how I was performing. So now it's how I react to this is what's going to lead me down the next path. And so I had learned to network because our company grew exponentially a bunch of years before, I had a manager who, who put me under their wing and helped to support me and, and showed me the power of networking. And so I had built the network up. So I, I simply grabbed this thick file of all the people I'd been talking to over the years, and I made my first call before the door even closed behind me. I was on the phone with someone talking to them about about what I wanted to do next. Um, I drove 3,000 yards up the street to a former boss and walked into his office, and I had made, I had my second lead before my wife even knew I had lost wow. my job. Impressive. And, 
That's and, that's and, digging and, your your well before you're thirsty. That's <laughs> that is definitely doing it. Hey, we're we're here with with Tom Dowd. We're talking about well, we were we started off talking about self engagement, but it looks like you know we're turning this thing around a little bit. But we are going to come back in just a few moments and talk about the top ten ways to be self engaged, which I think is why uh, your attitude about probably what would be considered one of the worst days of your life was turned around to become one of the best. My name's Shep Hyken. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here. We're back on Amazing Business Radio on CBS and the Play It Network. And I'm excited with Tom Dowd today because that's we're talking about something that a lot of people fear, and that is what happens when I lose my job. Now, again, solo entrepreneurs, you're thinking, well, I am my job. But guess what? When things don't go well, when you're having a difficult day, when you lost that big account, what happens when you've been working for a company for 20-some-odd years and then you're called in and due to cost-cutting, it's all of a sudden you don't have a job anymore? Well, Tom Dowd has gone through this. And he did it in such a way uh, when he was laid off, it was like, and I, I use the word layoff, he was let go. That may be a better, better explanation. Before his wife even found out about it later that evening, he had already gone and, and started working on his networking opportunity. Within 59 days, he had not just a job, but he had multiple job offers where he, had to, he got to pick and choose the one that he wanted. So he looks back on this day of being let go as just a great day. Tom, did I summarize that pretty well? Yeah, you did. And it's one of those choices because I've been running my own business on the side since 2010. I have the speaking and training business. And it's those decisions, do I want to become my own entrepreneur? Do I want to go out and find this full-time job? And in less than two months, I was able to to really just take the preparation of this moment to be ready for it. And, and here we are. And was able to get a job that not only – uh, that I love. I love the culture. I love my boss. They are encouraging and supportive of my side business because they know I bring the, those skills back to their organization. Now, now, by the way, I want to add that if somebody needs a, you know, loses a job and they need a job tomorrow, they can go to a restaurant. They can go to a retail store. They can get a job right away. Uh, but there's a difference between you know somebody having to get a job just to make a little bit of money and then somebody looking for a career. And I think you were looking more for that career moment. Yes, absolutely. And and the other thing is, let's tell people what it is that you train people to do. You were teaching and training people how to write resumes so they could get a job. <laughs> yeah, so I'm teaching people how to write resumes, do interviews, network, and, and here I was without a job. I thought I had a credibility issue. <laughs> well, I, actually, I disagree. Not having the job, <laughs> if you still had it two years later where you didn't have a job, then I think you have a credibility issue. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you came out of it, uh, I think, with flying colors, and you proved that you could do what it is that you were teaching people to do. And and it became, and you're right because it was so it was so urgent at that moment that it just happened. It was fresh, and so I could be vulnerable with this group of saying, "Listen, I'm going through it with you," and we got to a deeper level conversation. And we were able to share ideas versus, hey, you should just tidy up your resume. And, and it was helpful for everyone. I said, we'll, we'll follow each other. We'll help each other sitting at the same table. And, and a couple 
months from now, we'll be able to share these success stories. So I think it was motivation for all of us to keep moving it forward. Well, you've done a great job. All right, so let's talk about self-engagement, which, once again, you don't have to be the employee. You could be the owner. You could be the leader. Uh, You've got to set the tone if you're a leader. You've got to show people and demonstrate what you're about. And uh, even if you work for yourself, there's days you got to get up and you just got to self-motivate and self-engage. So give us your top ten list. And and we've got some time, so you don't have to give it to us one right after the other in the next you know, 45 seconds, give us 10 ideas, but give us an idea of some of these great, uh, for lack of a better term, strategies and tactics. That you yeah, have. and it's pragmatic and it's easily digestible and it's not going to be earth shattering. It's just simply a matter of, and this is one of the key moments I want your listeners to walk away with is just take that moment, take that breath to think about it. And the first one is get a mentor. Get a we mentor. all think we can all think we can do it on our own, and we can't. Um, no matter how great you think you are, how bad you think you are, um, you're going to need that person to bounce ideas off of. Get a mentor and get that objective point of view. And then when you're done with that mentor, fire them after six months. And, and the no. reason for that is um, you want to broaden your mentorship. You don't want the same person um, – three years from now because they're going to already be in a relationship with you. You want multiple mentors. So, so go out and get one and then build off of it. All right. So short-term mentors, you know, I think back of my mentors in business and in life for that matter, and they're my, they're lifelong mentors to me, but you're suggesting, I think from a business application, are, are you looking for somebody inside a company, your own company, or are you looking to find a mentor outside of your company? Figure out what your goal is. If it's to get to know more people in a large organization, find one internally. I suggest having one of each, have one inside. You don't have to be limited to one. Uh, you just want people to bounce ideas off. And the reason why I say, I, I jokingly say fire them after six months is hopefully you've built such a strong enough relationship that they're there for you. Uh, and then you can just keep building off of, uh, off of that. And then when you have certain problems, you have certain now go to people. Right. When a mentor becomes a friend and a colleague, it's a special moment. I think it really does. It means you've you've gone through that process. Uh, so that's great. All right. So number two. Be a mentor. So get a mentor uh, is number one. Be a mentor is number two. And be a mentor. You will learn more being the mentor than you will in getting one. Uh, and it was one of those lessons of, uh, as I started to develop my business on professional development, more and more people were coming to me as mentors, uh, asking for a mentor. So I said, all right, I can invest 30 minutes here or an hour there. And, and what would happen is I'm taking more notes than they were <laughs> because I was seeing what they're going through or I was sharing lessons and I was sharing my vulnerabilities. And I realized I can open up with people. It, it actually taught me to be me as I became a mentor, because there were people I said, what, you want my advice, my consultation? And and that did wonders for my confidence. It did wonders for my learning. And I realized that that in addition to getting a mentor, being one um, was was just as much a big part of the learning process. Well, Tom, I think part of it is you have a lot of rich experiences that you've had, and being able to share the experiences, and actually in participating in those experiences, not just created knowledge, but created wisdom. And when you can share experience, that's even better than asserting opinion on someone. Opinion is not fact. It's just opinion. 
but uh, being a mentor, I like that. So that's number two. One, get a mentor. Two, be a mentor. Number three. Join an organization um, for development, for networking purposes, whether it's a mastermind group, whether it's for social reasons. You know, some examples might be Rotary or Lions. Um, there's plenty of mastermind groups locally, nationally, um, even professionally uh, within your organization, depending on where you work. Um, I personally joined Toastmasters International which is in the National Speakers Association. Uh, Toastmasters, for those that don't know, is a group of 300,000 people worldwide looking to improve their communication and leadership skills. And it it did wonders for my own uh, development, my own confidence, my communication skills. And and it led, those are those small wins kept adding up. And I I really, truly believe Toastmasters was a piece of it. But as I took that step back, I saw the social aspects of it. I saw the professional aspects of it. I saw the learning aspects, the networking aspects. So it doesn't have to be Toastmasters, but find an organization um, that you can belong to, and you'll you'll start to learn about you as a leader, you as a communicator, um, and you within your community or professionally. And I'll add, I'll add to that, don't just join, be involved. There's a big yeah. difference. If all you are is a joiner and you sit on the sidelines, back to your comment earlier, <laughs> uh, that doesn't do much. Now, I want to also, before we jump to number four, I want to talk about this mastermind concept. For those that don't know it, Napoleon Hill, who wrote one of the great books, Think and Grow Rich, defined the mastermind as 12 people who get together to talk about, oh, uh, different causes to move yourself forward, different different ideas. I don't know if it has to be 12 people. Maybe it's seven or eight. And I love the idea of having a mastermind within your own company to talk about how you can make things better for your company, but also make things better for yourself. You know, share ideas, get get uh, you know experiences from others. So that mastermind. Let's not jump over that. I think that's a pretty important piece of it. Yeah, well said. All right, number four. We've talked about it uh, a couple times. Network regularly, um, even if you don't think you need to. Um, as I mentioned, Keith Ferrazzi's book. I'm a big fan of Adam Grant. He has a book out there called Give and Take. He talks about the power of networking in there. Um, networking has different goals. You just need to know what your goal is. But on a monthly basis, at a minimum, I meet with someone I don't know. And I'm, uh, I talk to them, uh, depending on the goal, it might be to broaden my business acumen, it might be to help maneuver through this large organization I work for, um, it could be someone on the outside professionally is, uh, getting to know who they are and they might have a similar business uh, on professional development. I talked to somebody last week about that. You know, you're just building your network to meet, it seems selfish because you're, you're doing it to, to meet your own goals of either increasing your business or broadening your business acumen, but in reality, you're meeting people. And this has actually taught me to become a better relationship builder, a better, uh, more personable, more more professional. And networking, you know, it, it says work in there because that, that net is working for you if it's done correctly because you, you're building advocates, you're building people on your side. And it, I had a boss who couldn't stand me. No, just one. Uh, but I remember <laughs> just one when boss. <laughs> just one. Just one. I remember. Uh, I've repressed the rest, apparently. Uh, but I remember very clearly that uh, you know we just it was a style thing, and we didn't get along. 
and in the middle of review time, and she's sitting there talk, they're calibrating scores, and my name came up, and she dragged me through the mud. Uh, but because of networking, I had seven other people sitting at the table saying, that's not him. You know, you're writing a review based off of one event, or you know, look at him holistically, you'll pick up on A, B, and C. And you know, they were able to calibrate the right score instead of just having all my eggs in one basket. And I'm truly convinced that networking helped that. Yeah, your network and becomes it, your advocates. And that's what it's all about. It's about supporting each other um, and, and getting – it's not just getting your name out there because I, I want to make sure that that's clear. It's not about putting, hey, Tom Dowd's name out there. It's about building relationships. That's the number one goal. Everything else comes off of that. But when you build a strong network, you build those advocates, you build that support, um, you gain mentors, you become mentors of people, and you just have a group of people, like-minded people, or a diverse group of people that uh, that you can work through as a network, as a mastermind, whatever it may be. But continually work on that network, and don't just wait for some time to that you need it. Um, it when when the time's right, as you had mentioned earlier. Um, when I lost my job, my network was already built. And that's what's key is build it before you need it. Build it before you need it. All right. We're talking with Tom Dowd, and we are going through the top 10 ways to self-engage. Great ideas. We're on number four, which means we've got six more. So don't go, everybody. We're going to be right back in just a moment. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. We're talking with Tom Dowd. He's going through his top 10 list. We've gotten through four. Let's go for number five. Gain confidence to communicate with all levels in an organization. You know, whether you're entry level, whether you own your own business. You know, we. When I learned how to communicate confidently is when I started to see my success soar. Um, because communication and confidence are tied directly together. And if you were to say, Tom, you know, go talk to your CEO, our, our organization that I work for full time right now, it's 28,000 people. So or go talk to your CEO. Well, I could actually make that call if I had to. You're comfortable um, enough doing so is what you're saying. Because what I learned is they're people, not a position. And it was one of those, and this is about being self-engaged, is coming to the realization you're talking to a person. Learn to talk to a person. Gain confidence in your communication ability. And it doesn't matter who you're talking to or what role they're in, just learn to talk, and everything else will take care of itself. So learn to communicate and build that confidence. Yeah, don't be afraid to talk to the boss. Don't be afraid to, to talk to the CEO. And if you're in sales, don't be afraid to pick up the phone and make a call to somebody because you're right. They're people. People are people. All right, number six. Open the gift of feedback. I love uh, I feedback. Think Paul, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I think for the first We'll call it 15 years. I had uh, enough people tell me that I could improve on some things, and I chose to ignore it. There's my cynic coming back. And I just didn't realize that they were doing it for my own good. I took it defensively, and I took it cynically. But once I started to realize that it was a gift, 
You know, it was funny. The first time I ever heard that, I I jumped up and down when I heard feedback is a gift. And, and it was one of those moments where I said, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize that if you look at it from that perspective of people are here looking to make you better, what else could you ever want or ask for? And so open that gift. You don't have to accept it. You don't have to do everything someone tells you to do, but you have the obligation to open the feedback and take it seriously, self-reflect on it, and then determine what you want to do with it. Just don't ignore it. Right, and feedback is a gift because if somebody has something to say that's negative, don't fight it. There's a reason they're saying it. I mean, if they come at you with hostility, it's another issue. But if they're trying to be giving you constructive criticism on how to grow and improve, accept it. Don't don't debate it. Don't try to defend yourself. Just let it happen. Say thank you for sharing that, and then go back and think on it. And if it's positive feedback, you know, build on it. So I, I love that. All right, number eight. Oh no, uh, was that? Skip, oh no, that we we, we skipped, skipped seven, one. But, yeah, we skipped. But, I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm kind of going to through my. Yourself. Yeah. Okay. So number seven is learn to be yourself. I'm sorry. Learn. I'm I'm so excited. I'm writing. I'm doing little hashtags for everyone we're going through. <laughs> well, learn to be yourself, and what what I mean by that is we are so worried about sometimes climbing the corporate ladder, competing against our peers, uh, and when I talked about sharing vulnerabilities with those networking groups and job-seeking groups and sharing mistakes with others, that was my learning experience of learning to be myself. And by being myself, I'm having a ton of fun. I have not laughed as hard as I have over the last several years at work. But before, I was worried about, am I trying to impress someone? Am I dressed the right way? Am, am I getting here before the boss? Once I stopped worrying about that and I stopped worrying about what success looked like and just did the job and, and I worried about being myself, you know, being comfortable enough to have the conversation with any level in, a, in an organization, be willing to laugh at myself, be willing to laugh with others, and, and just be the person that, that my wife fell in love with and being the person that my colleagues and peers liked working with, I built stronger relationships. I had better relationships with my peers and colleagues, um, and it became so much easier to work with customers and clients and, um, just by learning to be myself. And, and so I actually had to teach myself to do that, and I suggest your listeners to go off and learn to be the person uh, that they truly are at home uh, and reduce the gap between work and home. Be genuine. Be be real out there. And, you know, you if it. you put on an act for too long, eventually you're going to implode. So um, I think being yourself is a healthy choice as well. Number eight. Uh, I'm going to steal a little bit from some of the themes from the National Speakers Association. Once I joined there, I heard the phrase of build a bigger pie. Oh, yeah. Cabot uh, Robert. It, and it was, uh, you, you, we spend so much time trying to climb over somebody on the corporate ladder, just build more corporate ladders. You know, put everyone into a position to succeed. There may only be one position for a promotion, but there are other opportunities within the organization. They may have to work for you someday, or you may have to work for them. Keep the lines of communication open, build a bridge, and don't knock it down. Uh, when you build, when you look for opportunities for everyone, every every Monday at 4:30, so that, that I look for positions within the organization that might be great for someone else. Um, and just because I, I know that there are some great people with great skills and competencies, 
and they know I'm looking out for them. And I'll try to find ways for everyone to succeed here. And uh, I did steal a little bit from the NSA, but well, I, I wouldn't um, say I think it. you you didn't steal it. And I think what you did was you took a phrase that everybody loves. You know, build the bigger pie. Everybody deserves a piece of the pie. Let's just make it bigger. And you said, hey, how do we apply that to the corporate world? Build more corporate ladders. And what I I sense is that when you do that, you are more of a giver than just a taker. Sure, you have to take. It's a living that you have to make. But you are genuinely concerned about others and you give. And by giving more, I think you end up getting more long term. All right, number nine. Be personal in business relationships. And we are so worried about being politically correct. And you don't want to go off and offend someone. You don't want, but we get, what that means is we get uptight and we become this the consummate professional. And what we forget is it, it ties back to being yourself, but it's okay to be personal. Um, I, there were times where I had somebody telling me a long time ago, us being friends is purely a convenience. Well, they were wrong. Um, they were wrong. And because what I found is in, instead of here's a goal, professional goal, go off and hit it, I build this per, this personal relationship with them that they want to work with me. They want to work for me or I want to work for them because you know about their kids and about their weekend and about sporting events and about you want to get to know the person at a personal level. And when you do that, your professional success comes about because you start working together as a team. You know, you, the most recent uh, example of that is you, you look at the U.S. women's national team that just won the World Cup. They loved each other. And, and I look at that in a professional environment of they loved playing for each other. The people on the sidelines who weren't playing were supportive of each other because they knew each other at the personal level what makes each person tick took me a while to figure it out professionally, but when you learn what makes someone tick, what motivates them as an individual, then you can start working with them and you'll both find success in doing it. Um, find those personal relationships. It will build your business relationship. And, and by the way, uh, building that personal relationship in a business doesn't mean you have to, you can still be very professional in doing so. It's taking, I think, a sincere interest in others and being able to talk about things other than just business. All right. So that's a great point on sincerity. Yeah. That's a really good point. So number 10, the final number 10 in the top 10 list. Here we go. Value, value the learning moments. And it goes beyond just opening the gift of feedback is that self-reflection that self-engagement of where are your learning moments, whether you're driving home at the end of the day, you know, where's the value in your day? What did you do to say, I was a success today, and what did you, can you say to yourself, or what can I do better tomorrow? And that's where you get beyond frustration, and you're moving into becoming a better person tomorrow. And that's so, what it's all about, is just the effort and action needed to become better today than you were yesterday. So it's basically being able to appreciate what you have. And, and you're saying, you know, valuing the learning moments. I'd say, uh, great, I, I'll go with that one. It's your top ten list, but I'd change a word in there. I would change value the positive moments. And we kind of touched on that earlier in the show. Uh, you know, you can come from life uh, in two different ways, pessimistic or one of gratitude and appreciation. And if you, as you mentioned, at the end of the day, you take a look back and you reflect, you know, what did I learn today? 
what happened positive today. And by the way, if you had a bad day but you learned from it, that may be the positive thing that you're looking for. So I've talked about this before on the show. I was given a daily planner, a little pocket planner that you, that you open up and every page has, you know, space to write things on, a kind of, you know, time, make appointments, that kind of thing. And I, I chose, because I don't use that tool, I chose to not use it as a daily planner. I used it as a daily reflector. And at the end of each day, for a solid year, I wrote down something positive that happened both personally and professionally, except on the weekends, I did it just personally, unless for whatever reason I was working that day. But it was so amazing that at the end of the year, there was not one day that I couldn't say something positive happened. So whether it's a learning moment that you learn from something that happened you know, tough, or maybe it was positive, it doesn't matter. It's still a moment that you need to you know, you need to value it. You need to recognize it, which is why your point, when you're driving home, think about it, reflect on it. Very, very positive. So, Tom, we're going to wrap this up. If we were to ask you, and I know I'm going to, I'm going to throw this one final question on for you. If I were to ask you, what's the big takeaway here? What's the one thing you want us to know about before we get off the air today? What would it be? I'd say, I'd say find moments of self-engagement. Don't wait for it to come to you or someone to tap you on the shoulder. Believe that you can make a difference in any organization, whether you're a sole entrepreneur or in a large organization. And the final moment is take action. All right, you so find, find moments of self-engagement. And you gave us 10 ways to find these moments. Get a mentor, be a mentor, uh, join organizations, network, uh confidence to communicate with not just your peers but all levels of the organization well, i love the the uh i wrote this down number six the feedback one you have to be open and i think that's part of what uh you mentioned uh as part of number 10 is valuing those learning moments because sometimes feedback is your best be yourself uh was number seven i almost skipped that one and i apologize i just wanted to see if you were paying attention uh build more corporate ladders for everyone in other words try to expand uh, you know, the greatness around you instead of just taking as much as you can because like Cabot Robert used to say about the pie, everybody deserves a slice of the pie. Let's just make that pie bigger. Uh, build personal relationships and finally uh, value those learning moments. Ten phenomenal ways to be self-engaged. We've been listening to Tom Dow. Tom, if there's a way to reach you, how would it be? Do you have a website? Yeah, go to transformationtom.com transformationtom.com love it love it thanks for being on the show this is why we call it amazing business radio because we have some amazing guests come and share a wealth of information tom dowd you have been a treasure a, a true wealth of information thanks for joining us ladies and gentlemen thanks for listening my name's shep hyken remember always be amazing This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.